Welcome to On the Record, a guide to English law, the legal podcast brought to you by Glazier Solicitors. Hello and welcome to On the Record. It is my absolute pleasure to have Nikki with us here today. Hello, Nikki. How are you? Hi, Bethany. I'm really good. Thanks for inviting me to this. Really excited. Of course, somehow we have managed to get you to speak to us today around your one year anniversary of working with us at Glaciers. So yay to one year of working with us. Have you enjoyed it? Oh, I have definitely. I mean, time flies when you're having fun, as we say, and I've certainly had fun this this year. I didn't even realize it was my work anniversary. And I was like, oh, wow, that's it last week. So that was that was really good. I've had some, I mean, the corporate team has been absolutely amazing. I have the absolute pleasure of working with them and some really exciting projects. So yeah, very happy to be here and looking forward to the next year. <laughs> you really did start off with a bang. I, I think if I remember correctly, your first week was the ETL UK National Conference and you were thrown in with everybody. I was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it started off with a bang. So hopefully we can keep it going with something. Yeah, I was hoping to be able to have a big party this week, but unfortunately with COVID <laughs> and everything. Well, next, next year, let's see. Yes, yes. Well, we'll have a party next year, fingers crossed, hopefully. So we are here today talking about business restructuring and businesses trading during COVID-19. Did you, before we got into the questions, want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your areas of expertise? Yes, of course, certainly. So um, I have, so my name is Nikki Polimeridou. That's a long Greek surname. Nobody needs to learn. I'm a corporate lawyer with uh, Glazius. So as we just said, so I first qualified in Greece, where I worked for eight years as a corporate lawyer, before moving to Manchester, where I qualified again as a solicitor. And I have been working for five years now as a corporate lawyer, the last one with Lazius. And uh, the corporate team, we, we usually mostly work with uh, small to medium-sized businesses located throughout the UK. We can help with almost all matters that the business might need in its uh, life cycle. For example, from setting it up, doing its articles and shareholders agreements, uh, negotiate their commercial contracts, and um, putting in place terms of business, all the way to dealing and helping with any exit plans or mergers and acquisitions. We can also deal with partnership agreements, non-disclosure agreements, just to name a few on the top of my head, company secretarial stuff like companies' house filings. Pretty much anything and everything that a business might need. So we are here to help. So we're all living through it. And we hear on the news all the time about how businesses are changing this year. What has been your experience and what have you seen the effects to businesses because of the coronavirus? So, well, we've certainly, like you said, we have all felt in our daily lives how COVID-19 has affected everybody and many aspects, so not only in an economic level, but also in a social, physical and psychological level as well. It has certainly affected businesses and the way it has affected it, it's basically it has changed the behavior of the consumers and it has disrupted both consumption as well as production and supply chain. So in most cases, Consumers have restricted their weekly shopping to the basics, 
avoiding impulse purchases and um, they've reduced their discretionary spending and therefore that had an impact on the revenue and cash flow of many businesses which they've seen it uh, shrunk or maybe gone to zero in many cases and although there have been um, very uh, many emergency schemes put in place by the government such as the um, fellow scheme the bounce back loans various tax reliefs and this has certainly helped many businesses to survive during the lockdown let's not forget that all these will need to be, be be paid back at some point which will definitely add to the financial difficulties a lot of businesses are experiencing and i mean we here with glazes we've been lucky enough to be able to work uh from home from day one with no uh, particular difficulties or interruptions but many businesses didn't have that luxury for example restaurants pubs theaters they had completely shut down so as you can imagine this has affected them in the, the worst possible way so what are the types of things that businesses can do during difficult times so i mean difficult times is not only COVID-19, but particularly now, I think there are many things that a business can do. So, for example, a business can rethink its business plan, uh, or they can see there are new markets that they can explore and therefore gain new customers. They can see whether there's any um, possibility of uh, making new alliances with business that offer similar or complementary services or products to their own. As we said, a lot of uh, consumers are now going into online shopping. So one thing to do would be to improve their online profile. Businesses can check whether their online profile is up to scratch. Some more obvious things, they can chase outstanding invoices, for example. They can find ways to reduce their expenses or see if there are investors out there who would be willing to offer some finance and uh, support. So there are things that can be done. It's just finding the right thing for the particular company or business. So you mentioned the business plan. Obviously, some of these things are put in one year in advance, five years, 10 years. How can businesses rethink their business plan? So what are the things that they can do with these major changes that we've experienced this year? First of all, a review of the plan, see if it still works if it's still the right plan for the business. Obviously now with the circumstances changing, a lot of things in that business plan will not necessarily continue to work. So there might be things that they can do that they might be more profitable for the business. So for example, they can um, identify any weak parts of the business and get rid of them. We had a client who decided during the lockdown to actually rebrand the business and focus on their most profitable aspects after doing a review of their business plan and actually get rid of parts of the business that they were loss-making. So that meant obviously that they had to downsize, but that also helped them to focus their efforts and count down their losses. So although they downsized and they had to go through this whole process of rebranding, they've actually managed to survive without taking a lot of finance from the government uh, during the hard lockdown. And of course, they are now better posed for the next months. Another thing that a business can do is to review their existing contracts that they probably have with their suppliers and distributors and see if these are still working or if they can change them. Maybe they can negotiate better terms or find new suppliers and enter into better contracts. 
We've recently reviewed the terms of business for a client and helped them to negotiate better terms with their existing suppliers and that helped them to save a few thousand pounds so that that was a good exercise for them. Let's see what else. Another thing that they can do, obviously all businesses will have a list of clients so when was the last time that this was reviewed? I bet not, not too often or as often as it should be. Have they added new clients to that list? Have they kept their old clients informed of their new services or products or how they are coping with COVID-19? A lot of clients might have forgotten about businesses only because they haven't heard from them for a while. So it's a good idea to keep in touch with your clients. As I said, now with more and more people turning to online shopping, another thing that could be done is to invest in updating their online presence and their website and see if it's working better for them and see if they have consumers visiting their website as they should. So all these things are just a few things that can be done to rethink your business plan and see if there's anything you can do to improve it. We've heard on the news about a lot of businesses that are having to make massive changes. I would like to think that they'd tried some of those things you suggested and maybe they just didn't work. For other companies out there that might be experiencing the same sort of thing where none of those things will help them, is there anything else or is there something that they can do? So, yes, as we said, I mean, a recognition of the business would be the first thing. But if that's not an option for various reasons, a business could explore the possibility of finding another business and merge with them, like a business that has similar or complementary services or products to their own. That would help them to attract more customers. So one of our clients has decided to enter into a joint venture agreement with another business and that allowed them to enter into a new market that they wouldn't be able to do on their own. That meant they could offer more holistic services to their customers and they managed to attract actually more customers for both businesses. So that would be an option. Another one would be to restructure the business. So have a rethink of the business. What is entailed in restructuring? We've heard a, a lot about it recently, um, but you know, for, for, well, for me, certainly, and any other business owners, what does restructuring look like? Using the word restructuring, that could actually mean different things. So it could, for example, mean a financial restructure. It could mean an operational or a legal restructure of the business in an effort to make it more efficient and profitable. Basically, it's just a way of identifying the need for change through a review of the business it's usually used when a business is in some kind of a financial difficulty, but that's not always the case, to be honest. So it can be used even when the business is just uh, thinking of entering into a new market or they just need to restructure for various reasons. I don't know if you've heard lately the story about Debenhams. So Debenhams are currently in a protective administration, protective administration for those of our audience who don't know what it means. It means that the creditors cannot demand their money as long as the company is under protective administration. And they are looking at various options to save the business, one of them being restructure of the business. So they are looking to see whether the uh, current owners can retain the business by closing down stores and making redundancies, or whether they can enter into a new joint venture 
or if none of these works, if the ultimate option is to sell to a third party. So, as we said, apart from uh, financial difficulties, there are other reasons why a business would consider a restructure, and this can be anything like a macro or microeconomic reasons. It could be political reasons, for example, Brexit. So if you remember when initially Brexit happened, a lot of companies started thinking of moving their operations outside of, of the UK to ensure they will remain close to the EU. And of course, COVID-19, which is a pandemic and a global issue, can also be a reason why a company would consider a restructure. You've mentioned Brexit, and I think it's something that we had probably all forgotten about for a little bit, and it, it's coming back around again. So that's definitely something that we need to remember. And, definitely. And so what happens if restructuring isn't the right option for the business? Are there any next steps they can take or anything else they can do? So, yeah, restructuring may not, may not be possible or a desired option for a business or going through the process or thinking about it, considering they might, the business might realize it will not have the desired outcome. So another option would be to consider selling the business. If there's nothing else that can be done, you can either sell it by selling the shares or by selling parts of the business. So we're either talking, if it's a limited company, for example, we're talking about a share sale or we could, the company just decide to sell its assets or part of the business. And here at Glazers, we have lots of experience with buying and selling businesses. So we can help with all the legalities of the process from the due diligence exercise, which is where the buyer is trying to find as much as possible about the, the target company through negotiating the share purchase or the asset purchase agreement, depending what's the nature of the transaction to the actual completion and, and all the formalities around there. If selling is not an option because an appropriate buyer cannot be found. The last resort, well, that would be to wind down the company and basically cut your losses as soon as possible. So you have to, if nothing else works, you have to kind of like realize what's happening and make sure you exit and cut your losses. Lots of businesses are struggling financially, particularly now during the pandemic, which means there are lots of opportunities out there for investors a lot of options for people who want to exit the business because it's in financial difficulties or simply because they are closing to retirement or they just want to move to a different direction. So there are options out there. It's not all doom and gloom. It's not, nothing is completely lost. And here at Glaciers, we have the expertise to help with all the legalities around the sale or purchase of the, of the business, as I just mentioned. And we have also worked on many transactions and have acted for the sellers and the buyers alike. And we have a pool of connections that can get us in touch with investors. So there are, we can help people find the right investment or the right buyer if needs be. So we have the experience to help and we always strive. I know it, it will sound a bit like self-fulfilling, but we always strive to offer as much as smooth and hassle-free process to our clients as much as possible. So I think these are the main options that a business can can do if it finds itself in financial difficulties. Are there any last tidbits or bits of advice that you could give to somebody that's maybe thinking this is the direction that they have to move in? Certainly, if 
you are thinking to sell, for example, your business, the first thing you need to do before you go out and try to find a potential buyer is to make sure that the business is in order. So when the time comes for the buyer to start asking all the questions through the due diligence exercise, you will be ready and you will know what the business can give and what are the information of the business. So for example, I remember a few years back in in my previous firm, we were working with a seller that they had no idea what kind of contracts they had. And they had to go through like 400 contracts of many pages each just to figure out which uh, ones are still working, which, which ones are the, the you know, the, the major ones. So that kind of, it took months for a transaction that was supposed to be very simple. They made life really hard for themselves. So going through your company, through your business, tidying it up, putting it in order, it will also show the buyer that this is a business worth buying because it's well run and it, it, it knows what it's doing and it's profitable or it has a potential to be profitable. So it's a good investment for them. Before doing all of that, obviously, before you go back to the buyer and start giving information, the first thing that needs to be done is put a confidentiality agreement in place, which is something that we can also help. So there are many, there are steps. And what I like about mergers and acquisitions is that it's really structured. There are steps that you need to follow. You start with a confidentiality agreement. You start with a due diligence exercise. You exchange the information. You start negotiating the main agreement. You do your disclosures. You make sure the buyer has the money and then everything, everybody's happy and you can complete. So yes, so the first thing I would say is Put your house in order, find a potential buyer, don't tell him anything, put a confidentiality agreement in place, and then come to us or come to us at the beginning and we'll help with all of that. <laughs> From listening to you go through all of these things, I would assume that this is not a quick process and being organized and having the right advice can be key to making sure that the outcome that a business owner would like to see is, you know, we get as close to it as possible. So I really do appreciate your time today because I know you're very busy and all of your experience. I hope you have a great rest of the week and I'm sure we'll be speaking to you soon. Yes, thank you very much. Happy to do another one. <laughs> yes. Yeah.